This company's never been more profitable. You mean hugely profitable? I like it. Dayporter.com presents The Profitable Cleaner, a podcast on commercial cleaning sales and entrepreneurship. The one podcast that's not afraid to discuss real sales strategies with real cleaning professionals that produce real profits and real results. Mary, thank you so very much for joining me this afternoon on the Profitable Cleaner podcast. Um, my my co-host, who's not here today, Angel Sandoval, spoke so highly of you, and I'm so forward looking forward to the, our conversations. So, with that being said, for simple introductions, Mary, tell me who you are and what you do. Well, hello, and thank you, James, for having me. Angel and I did have a great conversation in the past. I'm sorry he couldn't be here today, but I'm excited to have an opportunity to help other people learn through my experience. So Mary Miller, CEO of Jancoa Janitorial Services in Cincinnati, Ohio, family owned and operated, and in the process of moving to the second generation after 50 years of being in business. And we did it the old-fashioned way. My husband started our business when he was 19 years old. And it was not his dream to be a janitor, nor mine. But life has a way of bringing what you need when you need it. And my husband's father died from heart disease. And Tony had been cleaning bars around the University of Cincinnati. He took what he knew and made it a full-time business to support his mom and three siblings. So we're still a family business with lots of clusters of other families. How cool is that? That is a, that's some days it's very cool. And some days it's not, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. but we have about 530 employees, full-time employees just in the Cincinnati area. How amazing is that? Started at 19 years old, just cleaning bars, mm-hmm. trying to get by. And I'm assuming Tony did it all at that point. And now you have. Yep. Him and his people. mom. His mom was his first employee. <laughs> that, how cool is that? So what, what's Tony do uh, um, in the business today, if anything? Well, he's the president. And this year we're having him kind of pretty much do a year or as we celebrate our 50th anniversary, he'll retire by the end of this year as we finish our secession to the second generation. But he's, uh, he's a crazy man. He's had amazing ideas. We've created licensing agreements with companies like Cintas, you know, multi-billion dollar business. So when you take your knowledge and what you know and let your creativity juices flow, it's amazing what we're all capable of doing. Yeah, well, absolutely. And, and tapping into that full potential and actually applying it to something that's bigger than yourself is when I think magic really happens in business. Oh, and totally agree. I want to talk about, I, I, you guys have some of that. I can see it just by doing a little bit of research on your website. I can hear it. Uh, when you talk 50 years in business, it's going to be a second generation. Um, talk to me about some of that magic. Uh, you guys are more than just uh, oh, family owned and operated. You guys have obviously evolved over fifty years, uh, five hundred people. Uh, what, what's the secret sauce here? You know, the secret sauce is something that nobody wants to hear, in my opinion, James. From the conversations I have, I do a fair amount of speaking. I, I love being in front of people and helping them learn from my pain. <laughs> because that's really the best way and then I can laugh because it's in the past and we can have that excitement but the number one secret sauce I have to say is don't avoid the obstacles 
don't avoid the ugly. You know, we clean dirt for a living, but we avoid dirt in our life. <laughs> but it's when things are really ugly and you go after it, because our competitors don't go after ugly. They avoid the pain the best way they can. But when we find a way to work through the pain, that's where transformation happens. Like the pain that we had for us, our business model used to be part-time employees, but we weren't able to find part-time employees that showed up to work regularly. So we switched to full-time and it was a pain point because it was such a different business model, but that works for us today. So it's being willing to try new and different things to be able to work through the obstacles that are causing the problems in our lives. I think that's really well said, just kind of taking a self-analysis of where you're at as a business and what you need to do and embracing that uncomfortability. Like, I feel like we're always evolving in business. Always. You're not evolving, you're dying. So absolutely years you've done a bunch of evolving i can imagine <laughs> we have we uh we have this process that we do where you make a list of all the obstacles preventing you first you know what you want to have happen like tony and i were meeting with a customer years ago he was our biggest customer at the time and he was really frustrated in a couple of things so we had a meeting and i had him give me a list of all the frustrations that he was having and we talked about what what the obstacles are to overcome those frustrations. And in the middle of the conversation, he paused and he looked at Tony and he said, I don't know how to keep your sanity in this business. And Tony just laughed and he said, nobody's ever accused me of being sane. <laughs> so, there you go. You know, it's being honest with our customers and going to them and don't avoid them when there's a problem but going to them and asking them how they're doing and finding ways to go over it and apologize when things don't go well and let them know that you're working on fixing it and what you're doing to make that better for them. So we're here to serve our team members. We're here to serve our customers. And the more we stay out of our way and stop thinking it's about us, the better our business will work. Yes, uh, absolutely. Because it's not about us. It's, it's all about them. And, and yes, I think the is. best, the best cleaning companies, uh, have a servant mentality. And Absolutely. I'm, I'm curious though, someone that's in your position that knows the industry and has seen the industry evolve and just really knows business like you do. How do you deal with some of the pressures and overwhelming just factors and feelings as a business owner? There's people listening to this right now that are doing quarter million in revenue maybe their first hundred thousand, maybe their first million. And they just feel like, man, I'm holding on for dear life. I don't know how, but I am. Should I keep going? Should I not? You know, the, just the stuff that keeps you up in, at night as a business owner. How have you dealt with that over the years? That's a really good question. It kind of gives me chills, but honestly, it's something I do talk about openly. It's my faith. You know, faith is all about, and I love the scripture, Hebrews 1.11. Now, faith is confidence of what we hope for and assurance about what we cannot see. And that gets me around. I've got sitting in front of me, for with God, all things are possible. I've got Proverbs, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understandings. And I don't want to go overboard, but that's it. 
we we are not in control of the world and what other people do and what they choose to do. I cannot control a single one of my 525 employees, including my husband, daughter, son-in-law, and brother-in-law. <laughs> I have yeah. no control over the choices. Free will is a gift we all have. But I have to have faith and do everything I can on my part. The most important thing I can do is take care of me, be my best, don't overreact, and start my day in quietness, meditation, and prayer to get clarity before I go out and try to do anything else. Because if I'm not stable, if I can't put both feet on the floor stable, just like right now, I'm standing instead of sitting, because this is important. It creates energy. We have to, as leaders and owners of our businesses, we have to bring the energy because it is up to us. And people totally. look to us for guidance. Our customers look to us. Our employees look to us. Our families look to us. And everybody's watching. I got an email back years ago when emails were still early. I don't know how this woman from Texas got my email address, but she saw an article or something about me from Cincinnati. And that was my first experience of people are watching. They're paying attention to what we do. And we just totally. don't realize we all have that. I love that. I don't think you're overboard at all. And I see why Angel <laughs> loved this conversation with you. Listen, we're very open about like uh, our faith um, on the, on this show and just within our business, not saying anyone has to believe whatever, but like, this is what's helped us get to where we're at and helps me on my worst of days. And, and I have to remember my faith on my best of days because figuring like like it's me having it and that's actually how we lead so and that's that, where gratitude is easier right that. yeah so i love that you said that um i'm curious we were talking before we hit record that so many people in the cleaning industry talk sales 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 staffing staffing mm -hmm. staffing crazy clients it's really just a people <laughs> business when it's all said it and done take away your clients you still have 500 people just under your belt that you're, you're managing looking over on, on a monthly basis. How do you do that at such a large scale? Like how do you communicate with all 500 people? How do you touch and impact all 500? How do you lead them? It's really, it's about having great people, people that love their people, breaking it down in biteable chunks that we don't try to be the master of all. We break it down in areas. We have area managers that have their buildings are responsible for and day porters and that. So we have different levels of thing. And it's, it's really supporting each other to be able to do what they do best and help them have success in the way. If I tried to do everything myself, we would fail miserably. And Tony tried to be the person that could do it all. And it about you know, drove them crazy because <laughs> it's not possible. As business leaders, as business owners, it is so important that we stop trying to be a rugged individualist and to prove to ourselves and everybody else that we can do whatever we want to do, however we want to do it, because you don't get the results you want. So it's really Absolutely. important to prioritize what, you know, what has to happen for you to be happy a year from now. And what's the truth about that? Are you able to do that? Who are the people you need in your life 
that'll help make that a reality? Is it more important for you to look good to yourself when you look in the mirror? Because other people know the truth. They see that you can't do it all. You're just not seeing it yet. Or do you want the real success and freedom that comes with success to have a quality of life that you always dreamt of? Yes. The quality of life is allowing other people to be part of that. Absolutely. And I hope everyone listening right now really listens to what Mary just said. She said, not the type of money you want to make in a year, the type of happiness you want to possess in a year. And that's hard to imagine sometimes when you're still new in a small shop on the grind, but it's about happiness. Absolutely. And there is lots of time that, you know, what I wish I knew 30 years ago, I've been working with Tony 30 years and we've been married. 30 years <laughs> and we're both on our third marriage. So to be able to be wow. married 30 years while working together was really quite the achievement, but we have a blended family of five kids and 30 years ago, the kids were all young. So totally. we were trying to manage that. I know what that's like to have kids in school and business and it's a 24 seven business. At least ours is, I don't know if some of you listening, just do at night or maybe your residential just doing during the day. But there's lots of different models. You have to prioritize and figure out what works best for you. And just remember when you have that faith and you keep moving forward, even though you don't know how it's going to work, when you have the faith that it's going to work out, things do come together in ways that you can never imagine. Absolutely. Amen to that. I, I, I want to dive into the relationship portion here though, because not often do I get to speak with someone that's been in business as long as you have, have as big of a cleaning company as you guys have, and then also do business with your husband. Um, (laughs) Good point. (laughs) How has that evolved over the years? Like how do you guys separate, um, work from home and like is it always business like i mean at what point does the do you get burnt out of talking about business like how do you guys just very very good questions very good questions and there's a couple key things that after years of multiple counselors (laughs) and we start calling my relationship coach Yeah, there you go. We've learned how to talk better to each other with each other instead of at each other. You know, when 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 there's something that I'm frustrated about with Tony, what I do today is I'll say, you know, Tony, there's something that's bothering me. Is now a good time for us to talk about it? Because if I just come at him, bam, and sideswipe him, he'll defensively react. He doesn't even know it's coming, right? So that that has been a really, really big key to it. But another, a big part of it, besides, I mean, learning to talk to each other is huge and always mutual respect. A lot of times we've had friends say, you guys are saying the same thing. You're just saying it differently. Be quiet and listen to each other before reacting. And defensiveness never helps that understanding piece. So take a deep breath and let somebody talk for a while and don't react to what's being said. And then you switch partners and have time so each side gets their conversation out. That's a really important piece. We don't work 24-7 even though the business is 24-7. I have been a coach with Strategic Coach, which is 
a program for successful entrepreneurs based in Toronto, Canada. And Tony and I have been clients for 30 years and I've been one of their coaches for 20 years. And one of their concepts that the tools that they have that's been so helpful for us is how you look at your time. You have to have free days, 24 hour periods where you don't do any business. Don't read about business. Don't talk about business. You don't check your emails or voicemails. And you have to build up to get to there. It's not like, okay, I'm going to do that this weekend because you don't have a plan yet. So you look at what's going on in your life and what do you need to do and who could be your backup when if you take a full day off. So it's you have to find a way to rejuvenate yourself because we all know when we burn that candle at both ends and it gets to a point where there's no candle left to burn and you're fried. Mm -hmm. One of the first counselors Tony and I ever went to, and he told her she cries every day. <laughs> <laughs> and we talked a while longer, and it finally the woman looks at Tony and says, Tony, the woman's exhausted. Let her go home and sleep and then talk after she wakes up. I think I slept 15 hours that weekend. Just... He let me sleep straight through because I was that exhausted. And that's part of our obstacle and our opportunity in this business is to find For a sure. rhythm that works. And don't right. don't overpromise thinking this is great potential, especially if you don't know your numbers. If you don't know your numbers and you have this great potential and you're losing money, you're burning yourself out on something that's not going to help your business get better. Hmm. You, it's not ironic. You're the second person in 48 hours that has said that on this exact ah. on, on this show. And the other guy was uh, a gentleman, Mark Anderson, brilliant guy, been in the industry since 1974. And yep. he said you have to know your you have to know your numbers to know where you you're have at. to know your and numbers. Talk to me about that, like uh, 19 year old Tony and 30 years ago Mary. Uh, probably didn't know the numbers like they did today, right? Uh, when you started, um, what's one of Tony's favorite like? stories, James? His favorite story to tell because he's okay with laughing at himself. But he was showing me when I start working with um, all the customers and that and we're talking through and one of his biggest customers was this really big bank in town. And it was a really big check monthly check it was awesome full-time and people working there and i said so how much are we making on that and he just paused for a minute he says what <laughs> I said, how much money are we ma i was in sales before i got with tony so i know about numbers and making money right and profit and that type of stuff and he said that's a really good question so that was one of the first things i did is i spreadsheeted and I start looking at every cost, you know, including the the gas for the car, for the people that were delivering supplies and the different stuff. And we were losing a fair sum of money. And he was just like crushed. But he went to the yeah. customer and he said, we're going to need an increase. And the customer says, we'll have to go out to bid. And Tony says, you got to do what you got to do, but we can't continue to lose money. And so somebody, they did go to bid. Somebody bid less than us. And they terminated their contract within 90 days because they couldn't do it. 
Totally. So it's, we have to, there's always going to be somebody, if you go by trying to be the cheapest all the time, there's always going to be somebody cheaper because they've got For an sure. ulterior motive, right? We just recently lost a really great contract, which sucked. They loved us. The building was great. It was just everything good about it, except for a competitor who wanted it so bad, they gave it away for two cents a square foot because they were huge. So they had a profit margin. They could pull the profit from other areas so they could start in that area, in that industry. And we can't fight those things. And if we stay up all night worrying about it, then that takes away the energy from the customers we can serve and really make a totally. difference. So sometimes you have to release things and it's not easy, it's painful, but you you just have to shake it off and move on. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I want, again, I want people listening to this to realize what we just said, 50 years in business, still losing accounts. Oh, and yeah. Not, it just, it's name of the game. I hear people all the time like, well, I'm now at year five or I'm now at year seven uh my my retention should be higher why am i losing accounts it's like of should course, be based on what yeah where exactly. does that should so, come from that voice in our head lies to us and sometimes competitors and other cleaning companies lie to us about their history so that they look better because no one's going to check who's going to confirm their stories you have to be yeah. honest with yourself and your community your business what do you want to be true? And you learn more every day who you want to do business with and who you do not want to do business with. Totally. I remember when I start working with Tony, I have a cousin who's in the security business and we had lunch and he said, you know, Mary, one of the things I absolutely love about owning my own business is I don't have to work with everybody. I'm like, tell me more about that. He said, I just terminated a contract from a customer the other day that was unrealistic, didn't want me to make money, and never paid me on time. I don't have to do business with them. That's freedom. That's freedom. And I hope everybody's listening is aware of that. You decide what you want your business to look like, who you want to do business with, and target customers you want. Don't wait for somebody else to call you and watch your business grow that way. Go after what you want. Absolutely. And uh, a good quote that comes to mind when you're saying that, that my father used to say is what good is a person's yes, if they can't say no. Mm. And I've had, I've had to remember that in business is like, there's been so many times that right, maybe I feel obligated to say yes to revenue, but I right. know personality principle, uh, just whatever chemistry wise with that client might not work. And you end up saying yes and then end up saying no because it's a bad relationship. Now, years in, you'll say no up front. How do you guys filter out who you want to work with and who you don't want to work with now that you're 50 years in, 500 employees? It might not be Mary's problem initially. It might be account manager's problem. How do you guys filter out those, uh, those clients now? Well, if it's a problem for my customer service manager, it's my problem too, because that, that energy spreads. So we would definitely, we have all of our people get together once a month from area managers, customer service managers, the office team members, we all get together because we're the ones that serve those that do the work at night and, and during the day. So we all, what happens to one affects all of us. 
for sure. I think that's really important. But the word you used is right on the spot, James, is filter. You have to create a filter. And it starts with, is this customer somebody that appreciates the value you create that you're going, that you're serving? Are they somebody that is going to reward you for the hard work that you do? We'd like to know if they're going to pay us on time. Yeah. And, you know, there, you have to decide who it is you want to do business with. We, before the filter, when I joined Tony is, is the building dirty? <laughs> Do they yeah. want to hire us? You know, the bar was very low, but we, when the more we raised the bar, the more we tried and felt better about who we were doing business with. And we've developed some amazing close friendships with our customers because of that like-mindedness. And it's a really important part, but you have, each of us have to filter. We know we used to do schools, and schools doesn't fit our business model. We had a great theory that since we do full time, that during the summer when the school's out and other people, because we give vacation pay to all of our team members and we would have extra people to float and fill in for vacation. Well, those people didn't want to float. They liked working at knowing where they were working, working in the one building and the schools didn't really like the way that worked. So, and then, Teachers, teachers and nurses are probably the most demanding of mm. customers of mm. perfection of what they expect. So you, you have to figure out your niche. And the more you know your niche, the more successful you can have in it. If you're trying to go after just anybody that wants cleaning, you're always going to be frustrated. Totally. I have so to our niche is large office buildings. Perfect. Okay. That was my, actually, you got ahead of me. I was going to ask what your niche is. So office buildings. I'm curious though, this keeps coming to my head throughout this conversation. What's like, what is one of the crazier industries you guys have serviced or a crazy client that you've serviced in, <laughs> a, 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 through 50 years that kind of sticks out that maybe you do or don't work with now, but I'm just curious. You know, James, we could probably, produce the most popular sitcom about cleaning because <laughs> of the stories. We, when something happens, like, okay, is this a, a whole episode or vignette within an episode? But everybody would watch the so series and be laughing and then wonder what's happening at their office. <laughs> so we would have to wait until we got out of the industry. There are just so many crazy, I mean, just like, how can this be we had one, I don't know, it was the, the big bank that we were doing at one time. And the customer really acted like he was good with Tony. And all of a sudden, one day, this customer was like, you know, what I really need to do is for you to create an invoice for me. And then when we pay the invoice, you give me the cash. Tony says, excuse me? And uh, he repeated himself. And Tony just said, we're never going to talk. Act, we're never going to acknowledge this conversation happened, and you're never going to ask me anything like that again. And the guy apologized, and it was never brought back up. We had another building that the customer would uh, tell my day porter when he came into work. He says, "You have to if you see that they're doing the random drug test, you have to page me or text me to let me know, so I know not to come to work that day." <laughs> 
like, okay, what? <laughs> so, awesome. you know, it's, it's really crazy, but then we've got customers that so appreciate the efforts of our team member does that every quarter they do a lunch for the day people and a dinner for the night people, and they give them cash reward gift cards, rewards, thanking them for their work. You know, and it's it's just it's it's a crazy blend, and you just keep moving forward, and you just have to be able to laugh. And when we laugh more than when we cry, it's a good day. <laughs> yes, but very. Well there's said. always something. There's always something to be overcome. You know, whether it's a, a new federal law, a new tax. I mean, I remember when. Sales tax was added to services. Our customers were ballistic. They were trying to tell us back then it was only six percent. And saying, well, you're gonna just have to take that out what you're we're paying you now for cleaning. And we're like, no, we don't even make that kind of margin on this building. So yeah, you've got to be willing to step up and, and be tell your story, be your reality. And if they don't want to do business with you, you have to be okay with that can't tie your life to other people's problems yes for sure and the customer being right all the time is not their ever the case is not always right but they're always the customer <laughs> there you go. that's the well only said, part that's like true that. they're not always right but they're always the customer and we can always be respectful even if we don't agree with them hmm. yeah, i had I you're absolutely spot on one of my most recent ones I had lunch with a guy, and I still don't know the full story. But we've had the building longer than I've known this guy, but we've become friends, and we served on a board together, a community board. And we got blindsided with the termination notice. And we didn't really know why, and it was just crazy. And we were having lunch, and I was asking him, some of you may have experienced this before from competitors and customers, but we got word from our, our night cleaner that they were trying to recruit them. They were offering more money. And I was asking this guy, I said, if, if you're having problems with the quality of cleaning, why would you try to recruit my cleaner? You know, in any building that we've taken over, if it's poor quality, the customer doesn't want to get any of the previous cleaners. They want a whole new staff. They were offering him $2 more an hour. Just after that, the waitress came to the table because we were having lunch, right? The waitress says, are you ready to order? And my friend says, uh, let's wait a couple minutes. I'm not sure we're really going to have lunch or not. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> okay, I apologize if I was too direct. I thought that I could just be honest in this conversation. So I just kind of took a deep breath and we just... From then on, just converse like nothing happened, and I'm sure I'll never see again. <laughs> it's people are crazy, especially now with COVID. You know, the rationality and people's behaviors have changed, and we can't let that impact our life. We are more than our job, we're more than our company. We are one person with one life, and we have family, and we have friends, and we have a we have a business. We have our. We have all these components that make us who we are. And if we let our company or yes. a customer take over so much of our mental space and our thinking, it takes away from all the things that are truly important. 
Does that make sense? Absolutely. Makes a hundred percent sense. And it's embracing that uncomfortable again, that you talked about earlier in the show and not being afraid to have tough conversations with clients, not being afraid to be true to yourself, even if that might not be the quote unquote easy thing to do in that moment. Um, I, I love this and I love how you, how you talk about being the best version of you to have the best business. Um, I have a few last questions for you here, Mary, and this has been so powerful. I feel like we could I want to real quick talk to you about that, that conversation that you mentioned, because I'm guessing a lot of people are out there say, thinking to themselves, I don't know how to do that because I was there. So I kind of felt like that, uh-huh. that was there. Do not be afraid to buy books, ask questions, find workshops, find online things, learn how to have those conversations just because you want to and you've never been taught how to. It's a skill that can be learned. And there's some really great books out there like Crucial Conversations. So once you start looking, there's an old saying, when the student's ready to learn, the teacher will appear. And books find me. When I'm, I'm a curious person. And then once I ask a question, all of a sudden I get emails or books or the robots in my iPhone hear me and send something to me. But be, be willing to go out and look and learn. Gosh, I so love I'm, that. When the, sorry, when James, the... I interrupted you when you were trying to no, say something. Please. No, I think that, trust me, that was way more valuable than whatever I was going to say. When the, when the student's ready to learn, the teacher will appear. I'm going to have to... I'm gonna have to remember that one. That is really a great quote right there. What uh talk to me about this legacy business of yours, second generation about to take over. It sounded like uh I think that's awesome. And a lot of cleaning companies that I know that are thirty plus years in business. Uh actually the three that come to mind, you being the fourth, they're all kind of passing it on to um children, nice. stepchildren how like how how does that come to be um people like family business obvious but not it's not no guarantee that the kid wants the business or it's not easy so talk to me about that transition we've got a blended family and a decade ago a decade ago no wanted to do that (laughs) it's kind of crazy how it works but this has been a path i've been on for years what i've always said is a family business i wanted to is that Tony and I switched roles. We started the business, but back around 2006, when we were talking, we wanted to do more of and less of. He said he hated being the CEO. I told him I wanted that job because I kept getting frustrated that he wouldn't do some of the things I wanted to do because he's operations. He's not a front stage person. Today, I'm the face of the brand. I'm out in the community all the time. I'm the number one ambassador. We don't have sales team, James. We've grown to 20 million annual team just based on our reputation and word of mouth in our community. So we're like this big oak tree with very deep roots because of the way we build our relationships. So we've I've always had a belief and my vision was always make sure that we would have if we wanted if we had an opportunity to sell that it would be a really good deal and the company was was worth somebody might want to buy it if we wanted to transition it, that it was ready for that. So I always wanted to make sure the business was ready for either or. And it came to the point where the second generation said, we really would like to talk about what this would look like. So we've taken a 
lot of years, the University of Cincinnati has a great program called from the Garing Center for Family and Private Businesses, where they have programs like the Next Generation Institute and road mapping and all these things that have helped us learn what we needed and who we needed on our team, trusted advisors to guide us. So it's it's a process and it's it's been a blend of all of us having these conversations with the right people doing it. So it is, should be right now it's looking like it'll be done before the end of the year, which is the best way to end your 50th year in business, right? Totally. So it's my, it's, cool. it's kind of, we're so non-normal, <laughs> I'm his third wife and I'm the CEO and majority shareholder. We're women in business and he's retired. He's not eating bonds, but he's retired. Our COO is my son-in-law, who's married to my daughter, who was from my first marriage, and she's one of our EVPs. And Clint's youngest brother is another EVP. He's been with us. He was three years old when their dad died. So they're the three that have been running the business basically the past three years, especially during COVID, and they're doing amazing. They're ready for this. So I know they, we've been training them for a lot of time. I see them and do things. Just I didn't even know they were paying attention to me when we were doing these things or when we went through this process. But they, you know, you can't educate people off the streets with some history, but they grew up with it. So it's, I it's, we're that. really excited I, about it. It's very special and it sounds very special. And I think an oak tree is a great uh, analogy for your business. I think that's just absolutely amazing. Mary, last question for you this has been so awesome by the way and thank you anytime you or anyone in your company wants to come on the show and just talk uh we welcome it um by all means when the second generation fully takes over they should jump on here and and uh throw some value out there but what would one piece of advice be to anyone that's listened this far into the show um and they're listening now uh, they're a janitorial owner, all shapes and sizes listen to this show. What would be one piece of advice that you'd like to leave them with today? Trust yourself. I used to think so everybody else had all the answers and that I was the dumbest person in the room. We are all gifted with things. You would not be a business owner if you weren't already smart. You just couldn't be able to figure out how to make that happen. So you are already successful. So, and every day, find at least three things to be grateful for. Share it with your spouse or your partner. So you end the day on a positive note. You'll sleep so much better. And just be really clear that when you have big vision and you believe it's possible, it'll happen. Sometimes the timing's just off. So dream big. Uh, dream big. Very well said, Mary. Thank you so much. Um, we'll uh, go ahead and link obviously your website and LinkedIn and everything in the show notes below, but thank you so very much for joining us today. And we hope to talk to you soon. Thank you. It's a great conversation. And I hope everybody out there gleans something that's going to make their life a little bit easier, more enjoyable and your future big and bright.